A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust proof stainless steel hardware, weather ready teak, and quick dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Wait, are you gaming on a Chromebook? Yep. It's got a high-res 120 hertz display, plus this killer RGB keyboard. And I can access thousands of games anytime, anywhere. Stop playing. What? Get out of here. Huh? Yeah, I want you to stop playing and get out of here so I can game on that Chromebook. Got it. Discover the ultimate cloud gaming machine, a new kind of Chromebook. Hey everybody, welcome back to CORE. This is CORE episode 232. It's August 12, 2020. I'm Scott Johnson with Bo Schwartz and John Jagger. I have breaking news. Beep, 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 beep. The breaking news is, because we can finally say it out loud, some of us knew about it a little bit longer, but uh, our old pal John here is having a baby. Well, he's not having it. He's, he's responsible for fathering the baby he made the baby helped make the baby but he's not pushing the baby from his loins okay just to clear that up in case there was any confusion about whether john could birth a a child uh but you're gonna be a dad and we're super stoked man Woo! (laughs) thanks yeah uh you know sometimes look it's a video game show let me put it in video game terms you know life is uh is a challenging thing Mm -hmm. and like a challenging video game sometimes you're like hey I could bump the difficulty setting down to easy, or I could crank the difficulty up to hard and uh, get good. And so in the middle of a pandemic uh, with no job to speak of and two other children and a girlfriend all depending on me, I thought we can make this harder. Mm -hmm. We can do it. Yep. And we cranked that difficulty all the way up. And now we're going for it. Well, I have said for many years, you've heard me say it before. I think John's going to be a great dad. And this is going to be awesome. It won't be easy. And all that stuff you said is true about difficulty settings. But it's still a very exciting thing. And I'm totally excited about it. So well done. Good job. And let's do this. Because I'm really excited. I really am, truly. Whenever my friends have babies, I get all worked up. Don't know why. Don't know what that's about. I loved being a dad. It's one of my favorite things in the world. I love my kids. Been the greatest experience in my life. Everything else pales compared to it. So I just know you're in for some great stuff. Hard stuff sometimes. They need to puke in a weird place. One of them might poop on a chair. You know, you're going to have that. 
But yeah. it's not going to matter. In the end, you're going to love them, and they're going to love you, and it's going to be great. You're going to be a cool dad because you're way into video games and stuff. I mean, you got to look at the long haul here. You got this. It's going to be great. So, Bo's next. Bo, hurry up and... <laughs> so you're too. Yeah. Sure. Get another one. I'll take care of that tonight. Yeah, get get pushing. Start pushing now. See if we can get that done. All right. It's good to see you both. Uh, let's do a show. This will be fun. All right. Uh, me and my gamer friends here are going to talk about video games and some of the things going on in the industry around said video games. For example... That's really bummed me out. So Halo Infinite has been delayed till 2021. And this got announced a couple of days ago. Uh, Part of the announcement was, yes, we were for sure launching the Xbox Series X in November. Still no specific date, although neither has Sony. Sony has not given us a date either. There Uh, was some slight rumor that they have found indications that it's November 6th. Oh, where are we getting that from? That's interesting. Like uh, a- I think there's some like internal documentation that leaked that there was allusions to it. But okay. I would take that as hearsay for sure, but they have said November 2020. Okay, so let's assume it's early in November. Uh, that's earlier than I would have predicted. And also, I'll bet that's earlier than Sony. But again, it's all, it's all hearsay. Nobody knows because they're not saying. And the fact that it hasn't completely leaked out at this point and been confirmed is a shock to me that they've been able to keep this to themselves. But maybe they don't even know. Because it's a weird year. And it just got weirder because Microsoft's flagship title, the reason somebody might on day one, despite Game Pass, we'll talk about that in a minute because that changes the equation. But uh, if you were going to get, if you were like, I'm excited for the next Xbox. Why? Because on day one, the new Halo comes out. Halo Infinite, day one release. Ooh, right? They're stoked. They're excited. They can't wait. And worst case is their parents say, well, I'm sorry, but you're not getting an Xbox next Series X. You just keep your old Xbox. Great. You buy Halo uh, Infinite on that thing, same day, and you're playing it on your Xbox One right up until Christmas when they surprise you with an Xbox Series X. And then Microsoft's already said, you get a free upgrade to the new console for that version of the game anyway. Like all these plans you had, out the door. Zip, not a nothing. Infinite, down the road. We don't even know in 2021 when it's going to happen. We don't know if it's like quarter one, quarter two. End of it's year happen after December 2020. <laughs> That's all we know, right? That's yep. all we know. So I'm bummed for people who are excited about that. But as somebody who's looking forward to Halo Infinite, I was already just going to get the PC Game Pass version that comes out the same day. So I'm not that worked up about it. So what would yeah, you, what would I, you do? I mean, it always comes back to if they need it to make the game great, take it. Here's what I do hope is that there was a lot of criticisms about how the game looked after they demoed it finally and you know tinfoil hat i hope it was not a case of a reactionary call based on public perception out the gate you know because i actually again like we said i think it was last week or the week before i actually think the game looked good Uh, and i really liked how the the style and look of that game was coming together and if what we get is another thing that's just got bloom up the butt uh and it's like oh look all everything glows a little bit uh, J.J. Abrams was here. I'm going to be like, okay, great. Now it looks like every Halo ever. Uh, I guess it was worth that extra time. Hopefully, it's not what my tinfoil hat is, and it's just they genuinely need that time to make it a great game, and that they will, because I'm with you, Scott. I'm going to get it on the PC, so it kind of doesn't matter when it comes out, because it has nothing to do with the launch of the console for me. Yeah, 
that, like I said, that a whole equation has changed now. And I think there's a fair number of gamers who like us are like, do I even need a series X? Like it's certainly right away. Do I even, because I'm going to get to experience these things at launch on the platform I have. And you know, in theory, you know, if you've got an Android device right now, and by the time this launches, you're going to be able to play that thing there. Like there's, there's a lot of other reasons to think about it other than just a traditional delay of a console or a delay of a console title. It's like if Sony said, well, sorry, uh, our, this big game that we've been touting is going to be delayed from launch. That's a bigger deal because we know they're not doing anything else with it. It is just that console. It is just happening when it happens and there is no other way to get it. So it's just a different animal. Bo, do you, uh, what's your take on this delay? Because it hurts Microsoft, doesn't matter in the long run. Well, it's the first I'm hearing about that, <clears throat> but um, I don't know. It's fine. <laughs> like I don't. I don't think I have much of an opinion. Like my favorite games have been delayed. It's been fine. So it'll be if it's a good game, it won't matter. We need to improve yeah, our right. attitudes about delayed games, right? Like just yeah, in general. And like Halo is like it, it's better off being a good game than you know on an on time game. Yeah. So yeah. I think they they should delay it all they want because I think it proved to be a good move for Doom Eternal and Final Fantasy VII, and so it makes me feel good about Cyberpunk and definitely Halo Infinite. Like I, that to me, this is a sign of positivity that they want to take more time to before shipping it out. I think it's a big decision for them to make because it's expensive, but somewhere in that equation is the craftsman's voice saying that this needs more time to be ready, and I think that's great. My my takeaway is that it will probably diminish anybody who is like, well, I'm getting a Series X on day one because of Halo. This will diminish that for them a little bit at least. And I think it does make Sony's launch lineup look stronger, even though that lineup of what we know of it so far isn't that great. It's okay. Um, I saw, maybe it was one of you guys that said it. I thought I heard it or I read it somewhere, but, you know, the different top console people are just carving out different gambles this go around. You know, with with Nintendo, it's all on IPs. Mm -hmm. Um, With Sony, it's all on cloud and streaming services. Like, I don't think they care if you pick up an Xbox or not. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I think they're providing the device and trying to match it for the generation, but I, I don't think they care that much. I think Sony is the one doing the traditional console box. And that may prove to be in their favor. I think maybe they're probably both doing okay, Mm -hmm. but you know, it's definitely obvious that Microsoft is trying a different strategy than a head on approach to say, we've got the better box like Coke and Pepsi have been at it for years. There's no better cola. Um, There's just two different recipes for cola. And I think that, Xbox oh, that won't get us any emails this week. We won't have anybody who thinks Coke or well, Pepsi. Well, whatever. I mean, they taste different, but, you know, if you're if if longevity proved one was better than the other, then you would you would know which is better by now. You would have un- unanimous decision. I think what you're so, remembering came from our conversation last week with this email from Lockvine who said Microsoft. Oh, was, yeah, it yeah. was our email or thank you. Yeah, yeah no, it was that's really good. good. It was a really good email. Yeah, and I think he, I think you kind of nailed it. Um Dan yeah. was his name. So, yeah, and I think I still agree with that, too, generally, that sentiment. And because of that, I guess I'm not that worked up. Like, I'll play Halo when it comes out. And in the meantime, I'll play other cool Microsoft stuff that comes out on Game Pass, plus some great third-party mm. stuff that comes out on Game Pass because I'm already paying for that on PC, and it's only 5 bucks a month. And 
Yeah, I don't think their success hinges on the Xbox Series X selling like crazy. Uh, I, I don't. I think they have hedged their bets in a different direction. And so, while I do think there is a bit of a story here to, yeah, Halo Infinite not being there for launch is a hit. I don't think Microsoft's strategy is, well, we need to sell a ton of Xbox Series X and be the biggest console seller out there. That's just not where they've they've hedged their bets this go round. Yeah, they're not buttering that particular side of the bread. However. Uh, the S we didn't put it in our notes, but the S basically got leaked. So it looks like there will be an Xbox series S and the S will be a 1080p version of the console. I actually think this is really smart because in my opinion, okay, I'm going to get some heat on this, but I don't think resolution is the end all be all in gaming. And I love a real nice looking 4K display with HDR, blah, blah, blah. Like all that stuff's great. Don't get me wrong. But I usually forget right away because I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm playing the game and it still looks great at whatever resolution you're going to present it to me at. Plus, honestly, I haven't been in any kind of rush to upgrade TVs in this house because we do all digital stuff. It's all streamed anyway. So my TVs are 1080p already and everything looks great and I'm not having a problem. Um, I understand if I want to be cutting edge, I'd probably want to go a different way. But if an Xbox Series X, or excuse me, a Series S or X makes it its way to me, it'll probably be the S because I don't really care if it's running at 1080p and not higher. Yeah, there was yeah. a huge difference between lower resolutions and 1080p in that era, but we're to the point of diminishing returns. And I would mostly have it on a monitor while I streamed with it anyway. I would bear, It's probably not going to be on a TV in the house anyway, so... I guess I'm just not that worked up about it. And if it's really a lot cheaper as rumored, then I might go that way. But yeah, I don't, 4k yeah. is obnoxious. I, I don't like 4k. I have a genuine problem with the technology. Oh, look at you. Well, I mean, here's the thing. I was just getting to the point where I was like, Ooh, 1080p. Look at what my TV can do. Yeah. I'm feeling good about this TV. And then someone came along and went, Hey, about 4k and i was like come on we're just getting excited about 1080p and they're like no 4k and i was like all right down the line future boy we're gonna be doing this for a long time 1080p is fine i'm still impressed with it and i was still getting into it and then they put them out and everybody started talking about 4k 4k and by the time i was like okay should i think about 4k someone in my sphere went what about yeah what about it and i went no unacceptable i'm not playing this game 1080p is good enough and i'm done (laughs) i don't need 4k i don't need 8k go away with your k's yeah i don't i don't need it it's just the resolution wars the resolution wars are all about you going to costco and spending another two grand every year that's what they're trying to get people to do not every year maybe but the old days of buying a tv and having it last five six seven years before you ever consider upgrading, I think those days are gone for the manufacturers and for them to maintain their profit margins, they want you frequently. And so their way of doing that is, hey, 1080p, hey, HDR, hey, 120 hertz. Okay, now we're done with that. All right, hey, 4K. Okay, hey, 8K. What about 16K? Because I've been hearing that being bandied about, actually. So I'm kind of, I'm totally with you. I'm fine. Like, I run stuff at 1440p or whatever it is on my PC. It's not full 4K. It's whatever the next lower one is. 100% great for me. Not a problem. 
when I capture stuff, it looks great. I can shrink it down to 1080p for a YouTube video. I just think it is overrated to be running things at 4K. It just makes you feel like you're doing something that it's a big deal. And it really isn't that big a deal. Frame rate matters to me more. Graphical fidelity within the space matters to me more. It's diminishing returns. So I think this is smart. I think there's a market of people who would get that S model and say, this is fine. This is exactly what I want because I'm still getting the games. I'm still getting the fidelity. I'm getting all the benefits, but I'm not having to invest in the new TV and then act like I'm somehow getting some huge advanced visual that I'm not actually getting for your money. So and I can see it. I can see it in the chat right now. I can hear it. I can hear emails being written going, all right, old people. I, we see one that says, this sounds like an old man stream. Of course. And you know what? That's fine. I'll take it because guess what? In my old man world, TVs lasted a real long time. Okay. <laughs> I spent $2,000 and it lasted me years and it was great. How is your future better when you have to spend that money every year or so? We were getting a lot of use out of it. It was better. Yeah. It was better. Yeah. And you and what you what everybody's so proud of with their 4K lifestyle is that they have gone and respent all their money on 4K Blu-rays. On things that were already 1080p high definition Blu-rays, they've rebought their favorite movies. They've bought new hardware to take advantage of it. The content volume of content is still not even close to being there. And my main main point is it isn't that big of a leap. If you look at Stuff before 1080p, it was a giant leap. It made a big difference. 640 and freaking 720, these, these lower resolutions, when you suddenly went to a big 16 by 9 1080p screen, palpably different. 1080p to 4K, not palpably different. It's different, okay? I know it's there, but it's not enough. It's the whole point of the phrase diminishing, the, you know, you're, you are in that diminishing return zone. So... I know we're going to have people disagree with us or think that we're old man in this. I'm telling you, I'm tired of being fed the marketing and knowing that's just what it is. That's all it is. Like, you're not really giving me anything. You'll see it too. Like, when when they went from standard def to high def initially, that was an upgrade I understood. I was like, somebody showed me a high definition TV and an Xbox 360 running on it, and I went, Oh my gosh, I'm looking at the future. I've never seen anything that looked like this. Mm-hmm. And I got it. And when I went from that 480p to 1080p, I was like, oh my gosh, look at this. This is crazy. I haven't said that yet. And until I do, there's no need to upgrade. That's yep. how I determine my upgrade. Path. Yep, I totally agree. By the way, Venture Beat has this great article. Headline says, not that this is the end all be all, but they said, why the Xbox Series S is a smart move by Microsoft. Uh, it says, let's see, blah, 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 talks about the basically the leak and the verification, the leak and all that. It says resolution is overrated. The underlying philosophy of Xbox Series S that many, many people still game on 1080p televisions. While 4K ad- 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 adoption rate is climbing, a significant percentage of people own 1080p displays. Uh, so that's one thing. They go into all this stuff we just argued as well, so I'm not going to repeat that. But one other point of this, and this is what separates us from the actual old men complaining, yelling at the sky. We're excited about new consoles and what they're going to do, right? We're excited about SSDs, low loading times, uh, cool controller stuff they haven't had in there before. Like We're stoked about all those innovations. If we were truly old manning it, we'd go, I've got a Genesis and it suits me just fine. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's what we'd be doing. 
we are talking about a small aspect of this, a very expensive aspect of this. And to me, I just, I go to Costco and I see them side by side and I see the exact same video playing on a 4K Samsung next to a Samsung 1080p, 55 inch, both of them. I'm sorry. I just can't tell enough difference to justify the cost. So like John, until you show me a, a jaw-dropping better way, and maybe 8K is it. Probably not, though. Our human eyes are starting to... It's starting... We're hitting that upper limit, right? You can only do so many colors. You can't come to me and go, well, now we're displaying 800 billion colors. And I'd say, okay, but the human eye is incapable of seeing more than what? Is it 32,000 or 64,000, whatever it is? It's some small number. So that's dumb. And at some point, our eyes are not going to be able to distinguish between what we have now or what we, you know, maybe you eventually have, maybe 4K is the middle line, but we're never going to be able to say, oh, this one's 24K or 30K. We're not going to notice. We can't tell. It's too fine. Our eyes aren't capable of it. Maybe our dog can see it. I don't know. Now nah, look at me getting all worked up about 1080p. <laughs> Bo, anything to add? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I already know what your answer is because you've always been this voice of, oh, the game's delayed. It's okay. I'll wait. Or, oh, the thing's, uh, this, the hot I new mean, thing. Oh, the, I'll wait. They, we know they hold on to technology. Like the stuff is artificially drip fed anyway. So the, we know they're just timing it and testing, you know, has the culture shifted? Is there an appetite for new stuff? And no. Okay. Hold it back. Tease it out. Put it, bring it to CES, but it's not for sale until finally they can distribute at the level that's there. Then all of a sudden, you know, the Joneses have it. So the people who keep up with the Joneses have it. And then the early adopters are all in. And then eventually the cranky people find a a TV for a reasonable price (laughs) of the new generation. And they, they take the plunge eventually. It's just like, it's this like um, tendency in tech that is like ad nauseum what it is. Like they could, we could have 500 million K TVs, I'm sure, or whatever. Like the Mac Strata is like much higher than what's on offer. So, yeah. I just think hurry up and just give it to us. I hate that. I'm just like you know, if we have 50K TVs, just make those. <laughs> just make a 50K. But I got gotcha. you. Yeah. But uh, um, chat room yeah. says it, it will make a difference when you get a thousand inch TV, and yeah, I agree. But that is where it makes a difference. If you're doing a jumbotron, somebody so, suddenly 18 or 16K makes sense because now you're at a scale where we can determine the granularity of the pixels. But on my phone, it's a very high-resolution device. But when I look at it, it looks seamless to me. I don't notice anything. Why? Because it's tiny, and all those little things are all pushed together so small. Everything's a little tiny pixel all mushed up together. There's no noticing it anymore. So on a TV, where you're at that point, 1080p is that point. If you want to get right up on it and be half an inch from it, well, yeah, maybe you can start doing that. But nobody's doing that. So I don't know. I don't want to be sold a bill of goods just based on marketing. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, they're going to sell it for a little while. But, you know, I think overall, if people don't see a lot of value in it, they won't push it farther, much farther, I'm sure. Well, you know, they'll have to find other ways to make their product enticing. Yep. Enticing products like. How would they do that? I don't know. Uh, It would dispense beer as you watch the game. Yeah. Or maybe you could implant the remote control in your head so that you didn't have to push the button. Oh, yeah, that's not bad. What if it could reach out and give you a handy while you're watching? I mean, well, I think there are TVs that do that. 
<laughs> we got to explore all av- avenues if we want people to buy new TVs. So, I think that might know, exist. <laughs> that might exist. Bo's doing a quick Google yeah. search to see if we can find if that exists. No, I've, I've you know, probably found it at some point in the past. Yeah. <laughs> a memory a memory is emerging. Yeah. I think it exists. Just a light, uh, a ghost of, a mem- of an image of a memory of seeing that at one point. It sounds I mean, you like something. Have to tape the two devices together, but you pretty much have a do-it-yourself yeah. situation. Rule thirty-seven yeah. says: Is it rule thirty-seven? What number is the rule so. that says the internet has anything you ask for? Uh, I feel like it. Sh- it should no longer be rule thirty-seven. It should just be in the the Declaration of Independence. Well, there's a- <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's yeah. just a thing. It's just, it just is. Oh, did you know it's that there? I didn't know there were a bunch of other rules. Holy crap. Well, why okay. did you think they had a number assigned to it? Did you think they just picked it? I don't know why I thought that. All right, someone let me... made a bunch of rules and I read it and I'm like, okay, this is edgy internet culture. Great. Okay, here. Let's see. Original content 37. Oh, no, this, is, this isn't it. This is something else. I thought I found the list. Okay, I can't find the list. At some point, there's a list and I want to read the list. Yeah. Uh, okay, here we go. I've rules yeah, the list is somewhere this came from anonymous originally they're no. the ones that wrote this well look at the list rules three no, four and five it's anonymous it says oh. we are anonymous anonymous is legion anonymous never it, forgives well are you looking at rules of the internet yeah and then because rule 32 is pixar didn't happen 33 is lurk more uh 34 is that's the widespread one that we were just talking about states that pornography is an omnipresent aspect of online media culture and that it is conceivable that uh, anything has been, vis- been visually depicted in this way. That's rule 34. Where, where do you see anonymous? Um, What's 35? Because I want to know what they decided to do right after it. 35. If porn is found at, at the moment, it will be made. I'm sorry. If no porn is found at the moment, it will be made. It is an addendum oh, to 34. I see. So... They knew somebody was going to go, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they were going to go, uh, they were going to type something. And then they were going to go, look, there's no porn of this. Yep. And someone would go, oh, rule 35. Someone's got to draw it now and put it on the Internet. So here it is. I found the source of it. A set of rules. 50 rules were posted on the text-based 4chan discussion board. Of course, it was freaking 4chan. Are you kidding me? This was 2007. Um. Let's see. At the top of the answer, Zubba 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 was established in 07 uh, when the site was first archived. Okay. I'm trying to find if there's more here. Uh, A set of 47 rules exist on the Encyclopedia Dramatica entry as of June 2012. Okay. It's also on the Internet Archive. So it appears it it came from that 4chan post. And rule one is do not talk about slash b slash b what is that that's some 4chan thing that's a 4chan thing and then it said do not talk about it and then again and then three we are anonymous four anonymous is legion five anonymous never forgives six anonymous can never be horrible senseless or uncaring monster and seven anonymous must still is still able to deliver and then from the rest there on it's like dumb stuff like uh do not argue with trolls uh, the harder you try, that's rule 14, 15. Well, rule, rule 100, like, I don't know about these rules. They're this is pretty stupid. Is there a hundred on here? I only see well, 47. I'm on rules like of the internet.com. Uh, it's all dumb. Oh, I see. Okay. 
so if you scroll the last one, it's like gay will not be tolerated. You know, I don't know. This, oh, great. That's great. <laughs> this is pretty stupid shit. It overall. is very stupid Sorry. shit, but I found it on knowyourmeme.com. So if you guys are interested in reading it yourself, knock yourselves out. Anyway, I don't know why I brought that up. Uh, Cyberpunk 2077 showed off life paths. Three unique ways to start and inform your character in the game. Now, I am not a connoisseur of cyberpunk historically. So, Bo, explain to me what life paths is supposed to be and how it works in that world. Uh, well, I think it's a square peg into a round hole kind of thing, because at least from the second edition, from what I've read, the life path thing is um, you don't pick... Like you pick details about what your character is going to be, but when you generate the character, you actually roll its background. And depending on how old your character is, like it's all kind of random, sort of represents how you're born into the chassis that you're born into. You don't have any control over it. So while you have control over elements of your fantasy and character creation, a big part of it, of the cyberpunk role playing game, is to randomly roll life events. So, like, you'll be like, I'm 25. So from 18 on, there's a random generation, the random generation tables where like major events happen to you. So like when you're 18, you fell in love and it's non-specific. So you can fill in like a coloring book, like, Oh, I would have fallen in love with Teresa. Okay. And, and then it says 19, you broke your leg in a car accident. Now have a limp or something like that. Something generic. You have a major injury. So you decide what the injury is. And then at 21, you develop a gamble, you develop like an addiction or something. And you're like, okay, I'll make it a gambling addiction. Cause I'm trying to get my money back to make my girlfriend happy. And then at 22, you randomly roll. And it's like, Oh, a major uh, breakup happens in your life. You're like, Oh, I got a Teresa. I broke up with Teresa. So the way you make your characters, you kind of plot out your backstory using this. And it matters because the kinds of things you get as a backstory are in the cyberpunk genre. They, you're trying to, to design characters who are in situations that call for, you know, make you want to go to the dark side of, of the cyberpunk world and do jobs for fixers and, and all that kind of business. Okay. So when they're showing it off in the video game version, it's not going to be as robust and as creative as that because it's video games and RPGs have a way of, you know, taking these things and, and making them so that they, we can make programs and we can't account for all the possibilities. Right. So, the life path you have is Street Kid, um, Corpo, and you're going to like this one, Nomad, which is basically you come from the Mad Max area. Like you, you live on the desert plains in on like Neo Farms or whatever it is. So, right. so you can choose these different backgrounds. And what I gather from the clips they've shown is I think you have a different opening quest or opening experience based on the life path you choose, which is awesome. So, so there, you are going to play a portion. It might just be a small tutorial portion, but you will play a portion of the game that your character is involved in probably making some choices early on before you get big in the cyberpunk game, um, in those different areas. They sort of show how like characters, um, like that one guy, I can't remember who calls you. Hey, what is it? What is this? You know, the, 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 the guy with the, the, the bruiser Jackie. guy, what's his name? Becky. Shacky? Jackie. Jackie. Yeah, yeah. So Jackie reacts Shacky. to you based on your background. So if you're like a nomad, he's like, hey, hombre, like, how about the desert? Hey, uh, you still got dust in your ears? Like, like, so he'll react to you based on your backgrounds. And and I imagine options, knowing it's CD Projekt Red, options and, and things of that nature, will that background will play an important role 
in your experience of the game. So I'm almost like, oh, I can't wait to play all the different backgrounds. They look amazing, mm. especially Corpo. I want to be a Corpo dick so bad. Mm. <laughs> yeah, they said, that, uh, they said that in situations where you're talking to someone, they take background into account as far as what you might know. So you might be dealing with a high-ranking corporate official as a mm. corpo, you would know how that inside world works, so you'd be able to kind of speak their lingo and know what their ultimate goals are. As a nomad, you might know the specifics of what they're talking about, so they're saying, hey, this happened, and a nomad might know, oh, well, here's what it would take for that to happen, but a street kid might not know anything about it, so they might not have any dialogue option whatsoever for that, but there might be another scenario down the line where knowing the city is going to get you a lot more options as a, as a street kid than a corpo would see. Cause they're never going to be there. Mm. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. Oh, man. So excited. Are you excited? You're excited. Oh, I'm stoked. Oh, I'm like, <clears throat> I'm going into my bunker. Uh, I'm going to play that when it comes out. Well, are you okay? But what about this doom eternal multi-part story DLC? Cause you love doom eternal. I do love Doom Eternal, yeah. but I had a hard time playing it. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know. You don't know we'll if see. you're going to get that? I, I don't know. I had a bad experience the last time I played it. it was, it's not because the game's scary or gory. I love that stuff. It's yeah. just, it's a very stimulating game. Yeah. Very stimulating. And Well, because like, you kind of cold I, turkey for a while, and then you went back to that, and it was like, whoa, this game. Yeah. I mean, I only played 30 minutes, and I'm like, I have to shut this off. Yeah. Mind you, there's also an impulse in my head, too, to just, it was not a time I had designated for gameplay. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm managing and reducing screen time quite still significantly. So, right. um, uh, it's, it's, I'm like, eh, I don't know if I'll get it day and date anymore. <laughs> like for sure it was a day and date thing, but I might let the DLCs pile up, wait for them to go on sale and go at it when I just have some open road and can really dig into it. If, if I can even manage it, I'm pretty sure I can. I probably just wasn't uh, ready to play games and, in that scenario but not in this case I'm, of cyberpunk that thing you are ready you're targeted on that no thing, I, I mean i've had enough of a desire just to play the pen and paper one that the video game version will like give me that satisfaction i'm thinking and mm-hmm. it's just my genre like it's just a game i have to play no matter what happens you know the world will be falling out down around me and i'll still be like i gotta plug in an xbox i gotta play on something please. yeah yeah well, i'm yeah. excited i'm excited about that game too i mean i feel like it's dangerous to get too excited about cyberpunk because I just feel like you're going to delay it again or whatever. And I would be okay with that, but I really want it to finally be here. So when was it delayed to again? Like November, November. Yeah. It was supposed yeah. to be this, we would be getting it in like two we weeks. We would have had it the original. Well, yeah, that's true. We'd have well, we'd have had it well before now, but the, the latest one that got pushed would have been mid next month. And then that got pushed to November. So hopefully that's it. Okay. But, be a fun Christmas. Yeah. That's how I'm hopefully looking at it. Uh, John, Doom Eternal DLC story stuff, does that uh, get you jazzed to fire that up again, or have you had your fill? I feel like I've had my fill, but... I don't know. Yeah, it's weird, because I loved playing Doom Eternal, but it was kind of a product of the moment. Like, yeah, I'm going through it, and I'm doing it. Honestly, I thought the story in Doom Eternal was bad. I thought that was the worst mistake they made with the game, was that they... What made the first Doom, well, not the first Doom, but the, you know, the The 2016 Doom, Doom. yeah. 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 What made that so great was that they were like, hey, there's a lore, and Doom guy was like, I don't care. 
<laughs> he was just like knocking it over. Somebody would try to give him a monologue about how you're important. You got to do the thing. And he'd just like break the radio. He's like, I don't want to hear it. I don't want, I don't have time for your lore. I got to kill demons. Yeah. And so them going like, Hey, story DLC. I'm like, well, there's a part of me that kind of wants to play more of that game, but there's another part of me that's like, I watching the trailer was, it seemed very story focused and I paid zero attention to that story. Yeah. I played it like doom guy where I was like, I don't care. There's enemies. I'm going to shoot them. I'm going to move forward. Yeah. And that's what I'm going to do. That's kind of my head too. I mean, I, they could just call it DLC because I guess every game, even the 2016 game, while the story was thin, it was still a story. I mean, you still, you know, progressed from a to Z and, and you did so in whatever fashion you did it. And I would be okay with more of that, but if they really, I mean, if they're, if they're talking about just giving us more actual lore, I don't really care about the lore. Like the lore, the lore was better when I was making it, when I was filling in the gaps in my head in the, in the 2016, 16 game, it reminded me, well, that's why I love Mad Max Fury Road. It's like they, they lay out the, you know, environment, give me a couple of key point characters kind of know what's going on basically enough for them. My imagination to run wild and this new one maybe tried a little too hard to fill in the gaps for me and it didn't match what I had already done. Yeah. So. I'd say trying too hard was it because it's like an overdone souffle a little bit, like yeah. still really good, but that burnt crisp top you have to like pull off or whatever. Cause it's too carbon. Like it's, and that's what they did with the story. Like, there is there are story elements that are cool when it, some ominous voice is speaking at you from hell as you enter the level. Like I'll take that, you know, just as the action's wrapping up, some demons are like, you think that you couldn't defeat me, you know, like Asmodan style or whatever. Like that's cool. Mm-hmm. And all the moments where Doom, you know, someone's talking at Doom guy, and he's, you know, like the part where he takes the guy's key card, swipes it open, he grabs the gun, and then there's an elevator sort of scene. Like all that, all that scenery setting, like. Like there are lore details because decisions have to be made about what are the employees wear, what does it mean to be an employee? So what does this hall even look like? Mm-hmm. Like that stuff's good. And the stuff where Doom Guy is just like people have to be a foil to his relentless tenacity. You know, they have to they have to be there looking like, Oh, we don't need to do this now, right? And Doom Guy just punches him and takes whatever he wants. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. like those elements of story are perfect and it's all anyone wants yeah and then it's just somebody somewhere just can't resist like but but what about the angels in the doom universe yeah and what do the angels do and, and you're like whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, if we're not up. just killing them because yeah. they're dicks or, like because they had that element and that was cool <laughs> but i don't need to hear that i am the con maker and the summoning of the ritual will begin on the full moon of the circle sunlight mm-hmm. and the doom guy is depicted listening to it I'm like, no, no, you've, you've hit the false note. You've, you know, you're off key at this yeah. point. So, yeah. yeah. I get it. I agree as well. So anyway, we'll see, maybe it'll blow everybody's mind and we'll, we'll then be, you know, our interest will be peaked. Uh, then finally, last of us Two game. John played pretty thoroughly getting cheats, mm-hmm. visuals, sounds, and new difficulties in a new update on August 13th. When they say cheats, I get it. When they say new difficulties, I get it. When they say visuals and sounds, I don't know what to make of that. So uh, if you, it's actually some cool stuff. If you go to the article that I put the link on uh, from theverge.com, mm. uh, they actually have a couple of pictures of what some of these visual changes will look like uh, to the game. 
Um, if you scroll down, there's a little window and you can see like a cell shaded version and one that's heavily red. But there's one that's like it makes it look like it's old, like PC trying to just do high resolution art and it can't. And it's just all boxy and pixelated mm-hmm. uh, and it looks great. And that kind of ties into the sounds. They're going to do audio effects like you can do 8-bit audio or what they call helium audio. So everybody sounds high-pitched and weird. Like, they're basically giving you a bunch of tools to make that game real stupid uh, in ways that you might want or, you know, just mess with it. Uh, so I say, why not? That's great. Yeah, it doesn't change not? anything. If you wanted to not touch any of it, you don't have to, but that's a, I don't know. I like when they do stuff like that. And I kind of think that like, I don't think it's eight bit, but that weird pixelated, like yeah. looks like it's from the nineties. I actually think that looks really cool. Yeah. Like I, I don't know how it's going to look playing it, but I actually think it looks kind of neat. It reminds me um, of uh, PC adventure games in the nineties, not the cartoony ones even, but like, do you remember the police one? I think it was called police. Two cops? Cop, was it cops? Whatever it was, but it was like an cops adventure cartoon. No, no, no. It was like a. It was a game, um, and it played like a point-and-click adventure, um, but it was realistic-looking graphics, or as best as they could back then. And it looks like what John's talking about—that that, that mm-hmm. pixely '90s ass-looking thing. And it is cool. It's a cool look. Yeah, I, like I dig it. it. Uh, they're also adding a uh, two new difficulty settings. Uh, one is kind of their, I think it's called grounded mode, which removes your HUD. So you have no way to tell how many bullets you have, what your health is at, uh, anything like that. It's uh, That's all gone. You have a much more limited, like that thing where you can you know, concentrate and see where people are and hear sounds and stuff. That's diminished significantly. Basically, it makes the game extremely hard. And then they've put a permadeath. Uh, mode in there as well if you want to give yourself a really big challenge and then on the other side they've just got cheats so you can have infinite ammo you can have one hit kills infinite health whatever you want to do really yeah dude maybe i'm gonna play that game now (laughs) i see that i see the pixelated thing you know what it reminds me of is betrayal at crondor like that style yeah like the photo photorealistic but pixelated because we only have we will have 1080p screens. We've got 6p screens or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like it's, uh, I don't, I'm trying to think of a game that I used to love. It may have been Blade Runner, but it was like Blade Runner if it wasn't Blade Runner. But Blade Runner looked, was like that. The, the is, whole that is that what game. I'm thinking of? That must I mean, be it. Be. Yeah, I think that's it. But just kind of like that VGA, Um, you know, we're not, it's a PC thing. Games, consoles never looked like this. Like 8-bit, 16-bit consoles. This wasn't what they produced. But PC games produced this weird look. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's cool. It's very cool. I could see myself playing. I, I, if I played with those visuals, I'd put some cheat on like unlimited ammo or something. Or yeah, just kills. so you... I mean, I imagine it's a really hard game to play like this. Yeah. I like cheats and settings, and I think that's good. That's old school. Well, like I said, Scott, this game has plenty of settings. You could probably make this game exactly the way you want to play it, just out of the box. And with cheats added, maybe exactly that. All right. I Maybe you have to do it. I don't know. can't decide. You should play it. You should play it. We'll see what happens. Now this. Speaking of games I'm playing, so the, our little experiment last week where we did homework and played uh, Yakuza. 
zero, you know, a little bit of that there, uh, kind of had a weird effect on me. It made me like crave sleeping dogs, which is what, 2012, 2013, whatever year it was, <clears throat> came out the same year, I want to say, as GTA 5 did. And as a result, kind of got, you know, backseated a little bit. But I think it's the superior, I actually still think it's a superior story game. It's just, it's the story in that game is great. And I love the setting. It's in Hong Kong. You're dealing with like these crime organizations that are kind of unique to Hong Kong. And, and, uh, that couldn't sort of the cultural trappings of all of that is really cool and different, just different than GTA. But it was also really good looking at the time. It was like, whoa, this game looks amazing for a PlayStation 3 slash 360 game. Wow, this is great. And then the PC game came out, a bunch of improvements. That looked really good. Had it, bought it, played a ton of it. Never totally beat it or cleaned it out. But man, and then, oh, and then I heard this last week. It was on sale for like three bucks, which seemed crazy to me. And I'm like, well, I already own this. But boy, now I'm in the mood for some like Asian crime, <laughs> you know, like just a thing like that. And I picked that up again or downloaded it again and just started a new run through it. I'm loving it. I love that game. I really, truly love it. There is some jank in it. It's not perfect by any stretch and it's starting to show its age a little bit. The core gameplay elements and some of it is still pretty innovative. I think other games should copy it more. Like I like how they do the unlocking the martial arts stuff. The actual fighting is way better than anything you do in GTA for fighting. Um, The hand to hand stuff. It's, you know, it's kind of that Batman Arkham Asylum stuff, um, but done in a slightly different way. And I love all the side content. It's varied and different. You don't feel like you're always doing the same thing twice. And the main story is super interesting. The acting's very good. Uh, James Hong is in it, so he's cool. <laughs> uh, Covet a Shem, for those who played uh, Diablo 3, you know that voice. We are noodle I know folk. that voice. That guy hassled me a little bit. Whoa, 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 whoa. Who did? Covetous. Yeah, I met I met him at BlizzCon. There was a there was a voice actor thing. He hassled uh, you? Tell me the, I don't know the story. Yeah, he totally he totally did. So I wasn't going to do it. I was there uh hanging out with friends watching other people do it and we were just down there joking around and somebody dared me to go up and get in line and participate in this whole voice actor thing and to do which, by the way, we didn't know about the allegations. This was literally, if you go back and look at when Bill Cosby got accused of all this stuff, yeah. happened during BlizzCon. I didn't know it had happened. So somebody says, go up there and do your Bill Cosby impression. I was like, <laughs> all right, fine, I'll go do it. So I got up and I read Covetous Shen as Bill Cosby. Yeah. I think it was him. Yeah. yeah. And... um I remember after I did it, someone said, that's a bold choice considering uh, I didn't know the news because busy BlizzCon. Yeah. Um, but uh, when it came time for everybody to review the performance, uh, everybody gave me high marks except him. And they were like, come on, he did a good job. And he's like, no. And he just gave me a bad score for no really good reason except I was doing an impression. It was fine. And when I actually shook his hand, he was very nice. Okay. He, he, all right. That's he, good to hear. He wasn't mean. He put on a front for being mean and then privately was very nice. But he, uh, yeah, he gave me poor marks. Well, he plays this old guy founder of the, of this deep crime organization in Hong Kong that you're trying to infiltrate. And I'd forgotten how good he is in it. Like, dude, Sleeping Dogs is a badass game. It's very freaking good. And it's the first of these games, all these open world GTA style games. It's the first one that makes me want to drive like a human being because it rewards you for good driving. 
And first of all, I mean, you're on the other side of the road that I'm not used to, right? Here in America, we're on the right side. Over there, you're on the left. Yeah. And so you got to remember that. But you can also be good about weaving in and out of weird traffic. But by avoiding accidents, you avoid um, having it ding your your cop side. Because you, you're basically playing an under, undercover cop. And on the cop side, you do cop missions. And you also do these triad missions. And you're you're working on XP for both things, and you're unlocking unique abilities for both lines. And it's it the whole idea is you know story wise and narratively, it's like he's pulled both both ways, and he's in so deep now. What's the difference between him and a real criminal now? And you know all this kind of stuff. And um, his name's Way. Anyway, the, the the longer you go in the game, the more you unlock these abilities and these things in these lines. And what was my point in that? Though? I was going to tell you. That well, that it was the first of the games that were oh, oh right first of the open. so so if I'm driving and I hit another car or bump a motorcycle off the road it's it dings me it says you've you've lost some of your cop uh, cred because you weren't careful and you and you caused public damage and it was this much money worth of damage or whatever um, and if I but if I do a good job I get rewarded on the other side of that with with better uh, a, a boosted amount of money from the mission and stuff like that. So it actually has these incentives when you need to be driving better, you're incentivized. So driving's less of a pain or just a drag. You actually feel like there's a point to it. And on the other side, if you're being a criminal, you will get points for doing criminal things in the car you're in because it helps keep face with the criminal organization. And so it's this great dichotomy of these two things you're doing. And mm. I just forgot how great I love that game. I just love it. The studio's been dissolved now. There was a sequel in the works. Uh, 2016, it got shut down. And uh, they they canceled it. Square Enix still has the rights. I would love it if they made a new one of these one day. But playing this again just reminded me how much I freaking love it. I, th- I, I, I don't I, know if the creative energy is behind it anymore. It would take a real committed... Oh yeah, for sure. Team for sure. to want to live up to the spirit of Sleeping Dogs. I agree. Know? I agree. I think it's like that level of it would be that hard is what you're what you're describing is exactly right. And it's a it's still pretty, it's still beautiful. It's got its, you know, you can tell some things have certainly improved in the tech since then, but actually driving around town and stuff and being in Hong Kong, having been there myself, it's a pretty realistic city and I think the character designs are great. I think the again the voice acting's top oh, yeah, notch. Yeah, it's like, in Hong Kong, eh? Yeah, it's great. Imagine somebody making a game set in Hong Kong like right now. Oh, you know, I know, it'd be I totally know. different now. Well, they'd have to. Cool. If you did it now, you'd have to at least. You like know. Tencent won't fund your game if it has any. <laughs> <laughs> if you're like performing triad missions or something against the Chinese uh, yeah, government, you never know. Know. it might not be well taken. Yeah. But anyway, somebody should definitely make Sleeping Dogs 2 now, though. I am super in. <laughs> I really think Please, they should. Dude. And I am going to I'm finishing it this time. I'm going to bust through this whole campaign. I'm going to do as much side stuff as I can stand. I just really like it and forgot how much I did. And no problem playing a game that's, you know, eight years old now. It's fine. Don't it doesn't yeah. bother me. Uh, Hellbound, brand new game. I was given a code for. I haven't played it enough to tell you or not, but it's basically like a, it's like Doom. It's a spiritual like, hey, what if we were just like the '90s shooters, except it's all 3D and pretty, and and you're just killing demons with big gnarly guns that are half flesh, half metal, and and the whole time there's heavy metal music playing, and it's one of those, and it seems okay so far, but I haven't really done much. And then Littlewood hit 1.0. John, you know this game. 
Yeah. Uh, they are out of early access. It's this fun, weird, little pixely styled, uh, not Animal Crossing like, more like it's got like Animal Crossing DNA in there. It's got um, Harvest, Moon. Harvest Moon. Yeah, definitely a little of that. A little bit of uh, what's the other one that everyone loved? Freaking uh, Old Town Road. Old Town Road. Harvest. Harvest. Uh, nope. Not Harvest Moon. We did Mick. Um, har, har, uh, Soul Spire Creek. No. What's that? Stardew Valley. Stardew Valley. That's, that's it. it. That's it. I knew it was an S. We got there. Uh, it's one of those, but it does so much fun stuff, and it's so chill. It's just a great non. It doesn't have a real um, day-night timer or like, you know, those, all those games have timers. So you're always like, oh, I got to get home and sleep before the next day. Or, or if I don't hurry up, I'll, ex- I'll exhaust myself. This game has an exhaust system, but the way the, day, the, the way the day transpires is you doing different jobs. So if you go and pull a bunch of uh, weeds or you catch a bunch of fish or you mine a bunch of rocks or whatever it is you're doing, those add to this meter up top that represents time going away. And if you don't do anything, it just holds still. But if you start I doing like stuff, that. I do too a lot. It's cool. Um, the only thing I would say about this game that I don't like is that it's not already on my Switch because I would play the shit out of this on my Switch. Um, as a as a PC game, it's fine, but I I don't know. It feels weird. It's this this is a kind of a passive thing. I like to have a little TV on while I'm playing it, uh, that sort of thing. I could see myself with this just in bed at night, cranking off, you know. <laughs> Uh-huh. Sorry, wrong I term. You, you, I can see the my same s- thing in the states as it does in <laughs> Canada. You got one of those switches that do what the new TVs do. I see. Uh, no, like you know, playing playing a bunch of missions, doing stuff, and then turning it off and going to bed, just putting it to sleep. That's yeah. cool. <laughs> That's called the stranger. And he <laughs> and he's and he's working on it. There's one guy, by the way, one dude um, made this game, did a great job. It's just a delightful thing. It's got overwhelming positive reviews. Uh, it's just a great little thing. So I'm playing that again and uh, loving that. John, tell me why you're back in The Witcher 3 after all these many years. Uh, so first, I guess I'll, I'll because it le- one leads to the other, I got Horizon Zero Dawn for the PC. Oh, okay. And I loaded it up and I started it and it looked pretty good. Yeah. I was like, yeah, okay. Uh, there's a lot of criticisms about how it looks and I think they're probably fair. Mm. Um, but I started it, started playing and I was like, man, I really want to stream something again. Cause it's been a long time and I'm having a hard time figuring out when I can stream for a whole bunch of reasons. And I was just like, what do I want to do? Maybe I'll stream horizon zero dawn. Maybe I won't. I was like, there's a bunch of games I wanted to start. And I was like, okay, well, what's one I'm not going to stream, but I do want to play again. And so Horizon Zero Dawn was on the possibly stream list, which led me to Witcher 3. And I booted that back up because I I got it on Steam during a Steam sale a long time ago Mm -hmm. um, and just never never played it there. So Mm -hmm. I was like, all right, I'll play the Steam version. Uh, Started playing that and got hooked. Uh, What I have found about The Witcher 3 is there is a point in that game where if I make it to, I'm in and I'm going to play it until I beat it or until in the case of the first time I played it, I run into a weird bug where suddenly the game is in Polish and I can no longer progress any further in the game because I don't speak Polish. But I don't think that's going to happen this time. So I'm, I'm back in. 
but it takes a while. Like I, you kind of have to get out of the first city and you kind of have to start going through Velen a little bit. And I feel like by the time you get to Velen, all right, you're in, you know how the game controls you. You've kind of learned the weird eccentricities about this game because it doesn't quite play the way you want it to. Mm. It's a little janky movements, a little weird. There's mm. some oddities about the speed that Geralt moves and all of that. And do you do the uh, alternate uh, movement setting that they added later? Or do you do the original? I do the alternate. Okay. I tried the original on and I got annoyed very quickly. I, I was did like, too, Oh yeah. yeah, right. This is why they put that on there. Yeah. But there are still some moments where it's like you walk past something and you're like, oh, I just need to turn around and get back up on that. And it's surprisingly a lot harder to do than it should be. Mm. You're like walking in a big arc around it. And it's like, this shouldn't be that hard. But ultimately, uh, I'm I'm hooked. I just finished the Bloody Baron storyline again. That thing's nuts. That it's thing's so great. good. What a great storyline that is. Uh mm-hmm. I I'm in, I'm going to be playing this game until I have no more game to play. Have you done That's, the two, the three witches thing? The, the, those. Oh uh, yeah. Oh, it's yeah. so good. The, the crones of crookback bog. Yeah. And they're just awful. And the one's got little legs sticking out of its thing. And it's, ugh. it's, so it's just good. awful. They're just awful. Those crones and you just want to kill them and you don't get to right away. And it's, um, yeah, and a chat room says it. Bloody Baron storyline alone is worth the price of admission. It's really good. Yeah. Even though it, it's really hard, doesn't sit well with you no matter what you do. But uh, that's what being a witcher is about, is sometimes about picking the lesser of two evils. Yep, it's and, about picking uh, the lesser of two evils. It's about having long white hair, and it's about doing it with Yennefer. Oh, and my favorite NPC in the game, if you want to share that with me. Oh, yeah, let's do uh, this real quick. I, I it's also about wind howling. Wind, oh yeah, wind howling. Don't forget that. Okay, so like I'm going to copy this and I'm going to put this in here. Uh, John sent this to me pre-show. We were just chatting about it. He ran into this NPC, which I'll now play on the screen for everybody, who uh, was just doing this. So here you go. Pam 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 Pam. <laughs> I remember that. that- it's a I little by like that guy a lot. Yeah, <laughs> it's a that little guy's like, the best. It's a little like Bo during some of our TWBD stuff, like when you do a song. Pamperan, pam pamperan, pamperan, pam pamperan. Chat would like to know why you're not streaming it, John. You should stream your playthrough. Why not? Because uh, I want to play it all the time, which means playing it at times where people are working from home in the same room I'd be streaming from. Gotcha, so, gotcha. Uh, it's it's tricky for me to stream right now, um, but I I'm loving it. That game is so freaking good. Um, which shouldn't be news to anybody at this point. I'm talking about a game that's old and received all the accolades it deserves. But uh, I. Every time I boot up that game, I'm just like, oh, this game's so good. And Geralt is such a he's such a great character because he's so like just deadpan and just sometimes he gets the world and sometimes he doesn't get the world. My favorite interaction is the one guy who's trying to tell him that he was basically ostracized for being gay and he's trying to talk around it. And Geralt the whole time thinks he's talking about being a werewolf. And <laughs> like, it's little things like that, that are the charm of that because the guy's just like, 
well, sir, they kicked me out for being different. And he's like, I understand. It's a curse. I can't believe it. And it's, the guy's like, well, no, it's a little bit different than that. And he's like, there's many different strains of lycanthropy. Lots of ways to cure it. <laughs> this is great. Yeah. I love it. I love that entire game. It's yeah, so good. It is great. I'm glad you're playing it. I think there's a trend going on with my friends. We're all, we all seem to be playing not new things. And it's not really a time for new things, but there are plenty of new things right now, but most of us are being drawn to stuff that we already loved and we're going back to. And I'm not saying there's anything psychological happening here, but maybe there's something psychologically happening here. Oh, definitely. I mean, <laughs> like it, for sure. Yeah. Do you feel that too, like, Bo? Because you're still playing Divinity. That's an older game. Uh, well, I, I mean, I often watch or play games that are old that I enjoy because they're sources of reliable, you know, dopamine, essentially. Mm-hmm. You know, a, a new game is an unknown. You might like it. You might not. You might whatever. Mm-hmm. But if there's a TV show you like that made you feel good or that really entertained you, if there's a game that you really like that made you feel good, going back and playing will give you you'll know that you'll have a good time playing it. And yeah. And I think there's a bit of fatigue. Like everything's like bye bye bye, new, new, new. And it's just like, actually, I just want to have a bit of fun. Yeah. And sometimes I mean I feel that push to be like, well, if it's not the hot new thing, what are you even doing? And streamer culture doesn't help that, right? Because it's all about streaming the hot thing or the new thing or the yeah. the living game or whatever. It's not how games are meant to be played. No. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. you can just play the new stuff. There's nothing wrong with it. Sure. But, you know, back when chess and cribbage were your options, there's not like a new cribbage board every year. Like, can you believe they move the points around and the holes are bigger? Like, mm-hmm. it, you know, cribbage is cribbage as cribbage. And we play these games because they're fun. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I don't see why we shouldn't think any differently about the video games we play. Some of them have like, been lifted to exalted status you know in some cases like you know league and even fortnite like games that have longevity uh, you would want world of warcraft to be running forever <laughs> like to always be an option in the year 3047 like yeah. still yeah. a world of warcraft server running and it's still a game that you can enjoy with friends and family mm-hmm. yeah. yeah i think that's i think that sums it up nice and i'm totally cool with it i've come to grips with it and i'm fine i am fine being drawn to a thing that that I haven't fawned for and forgot about and want to experience again. And I'll probably do more of that. Although I will say Shipbreaker is amazing. And I, I want, I kind of feel like playing that all the time, but it's not to say new games are bad. It's just, you know, there's no rule saying once a game has been out for a year and you've played it, that you can't ever play it again. That's ridiculous. Yeah. I also think, well, Never mind. I, I just think some older games are not worth going back to because there is a plat. There are plateaus, right? right like, right. I would go back and play Betrayal at Crondor, but I know it'd be just too crappy to play. Yeah. But not because I wouldn't want to, which is the space remakes are supposed to fill. Mm-hmm. But, you know, because of the alchemical nature of, you know, it's a work of art making a game, you can't remake it and put your own interpretation on it, but still honor the original spirit of it and and land that landing because it takes so many people to make these things and there's just a lot of reasons they can go wrong, so... By yeah, the way, I think I, Resident Evil 2 might be one of the few cases where that actually worked. Yeah. And even that, I mean, there's still it scratched a very different itch, but it was good nonetheless. A uh, quick note of just weird things I did. I forgot to mention this to you guys. Eve Echoes launched on phones. Is that Eve uh-huh. mobile game? Oh, um, I'm I'm all in if it's fun because I like I like Eve in theory. <laughs> 
<laughs> What's the and, game type? Is it the space sim? Is it or is oh, it yeah. a different thing like a management? No, thing no, no. It's a space thing. Or it's it's a from what I know, well, from what I've heard, it very very closely tries to sort of map the experience that you get in Eve, but do it on a mobile platform. It's its own pay, player base, so it's its own game. But um, the dumb thing so is, I installed it, but harder to look at. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, Microsoft. Why would you want to play that? I mean, well, I don't know yet because I haven't actually been able to get in. Once every time I try to start, it says, "We're sorry, the servers aren't up yet." But as soon as they are, we'll all be able to play. It's not that the servers are down; they haven't even launched yet. So why is your game available if your servers aren't are yet turned on? Doesn't make sense to me. Mobile and nobody cares. There's no standards. It's the wild west. You I can do whatever so. you want on mobile. I guess so. I don't know. You want to trick people into farming Bitcoin for you? You can do it on mobile. You want to make a game that's just pushing a button over and over again for no good reason? You can do it on mobile. Two, on the thir- oh, it says the 13th. So I guess they just want everyone to install. I get a brief error message that comes up and says, the launching of the servers won't happen until the 13th at such and such time. We'll see you then. We're pretty excited. So maybe their idea was just like, let's get it on everybody's thing. Anyway, I'll report back. It's probably not going to be good, but whatever. No. I'll try it. Probably not. Like the thing is, I should, yeah. Anyway, so it's a weird game to mobilize. It is, but they're all doing it. I mean, I don't know if you yeah. ever ended up playing that um, Black Desert online mobile version of Black Desert. No, no, it was weird. Again, weird game to mobilize. <laughs> it's like, a weird game. There, there are some games, like even the World of Warcraft knockoff, whatever it was, Orcs and Humans or something yeah, like yeah. that. Or, yeah. No, I don't. I don't know. But it was a game loft game. Like I'm like. Am I so desperate to play World of Warcraft when I'm not at my PC that I would tolerate this abysmal pile of shit <laughs> because I need the Warcraft experience that bad? And that's pretty much the the proposition of all mobile games. And I wish I could just shake game companies and be like, you don't need to make mobile or just make a mobile game that's good and good for the format and stop like I'm- taking your IPs and running them through the... Uh, making them look like shit and devaluing your IPs with garbage mobile games. I do anyway. appreciate a game that is made, you know, clearly made for mobile and plays well on mobile. Yeah. It doesn't play any of those financial tricks. Like I'm a fan of that. Jetpack Joyride. Yeah. <laughs> I like Jetpack Joyride. That's a good That's one. A great, or, you know, even Tiny Tower, it was like time gated and buy boxes kind of stuff. But, you know. It was all right. Like Crummit's Tale. Principle, I'm on the beta mm-hmm. for Crummit's Tale, which is a game. Let's see if it'll load here. It's taking forever. Oh, wait, there's a note. Oh, no, here we go. Check this out. See it? Kermit's tail? Anyway, uh, I'm currently on the uh, beta for this thing, but uh, it's a just straight-up video game, and it's a cool roguelike deck builder, and it's just simple and easy, made for phones, and uh, the PC version's also very good, but this just is, it seems like the kind of thing I'm going to want to spend actual time in, and I don't have any currencies in it. I don't have any microtransactions. It'll just be a game you play. I like that. You know that Eve game's not going to be that. You know? No. It's, I'm not going to get in there and have it go, explore space and have fun while you do it. And that's it. It's going to be, yeah. come back. Oh, shit. You can't train that unless you give us some space pellets. And you got to buy those with real money. Tap the asteroid to mine it. <laughs> oh, looks like you're fatigued. You're going to have to wait 12 hours unless you want to buy an accelerometer and then we can get right to <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. And then, oh, here's a free one to get you started. It's like, you crack dealers. What are you doing? I'm also sending you a knife so you can gouge yourself in the eye. (laughs) Anyway, so there's that. Uh, Rat poison. I didn't hear about this. Burgess Diesel says there's a new Marvel Amoba coming out. 
I thought they had one years ago and they canned it. Is there another re- new Marvel MOBA? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. DC had one for sure. I don't know if Marvel did. I'm surprised there isn't like a, a, a Marvel Fortnite. But like with City of Heroes, so like you drop in and you don't know what your superpowers are. Man, and you sort we of got need a, another City of Heroes. That's the yeah, game I want. That game yeah, was great. Think about it from a Fortnite perspective, because as you get dropped into the city, you get those powers somehow. Maybe you kill them and you inherit powers. Just something super powery, so you can have those crazy superhero fights. People flying around, shooting laser beams, or doing whatever, turning small. Well, there's a um, they can do something really awesome. There's a battle royale that's got like fantasy, a fantasy thing where it's all wizards. It's sort of mm-hmm. like that. I think you steal powers or you gain them as you kill people. Or I want a battle royale that's just old Gandalf looking wizards. Uh, they have to so, like shamble away from a slowly <laughs> closing zone. And they're just <laughs> so there, there is a new Marvel MOBA on mobile. Oh, and that's it's it. Basically, the a Vainglory League of Legends. Basically, Tencent bought the, the the tech for MOBAs, and the, it looks like they just it's just like a reskin. Like you know, there's a hundred of them now. Oh top yeah. down MOBAs. Here it is, Marvel Super War. It's called. Yeah. Oh yeah, this and it is, takes place on yeah. Summoner's Rift. Like it's all these superheroes hanging out in bushes in forests. <laughs> like they're not even trying to make new assets. In the city. They're just like, ah, eh, just slap some Marvel shit in there, and there you go. Who's doing this? Yeah. Oh, it's NetEase. Thanks, thanks, <laughs> thanks for all the tech, right? So it's NetEase. So okay. it's NetEase. Um, well, I mean, it's all Chinese government. Well, no, so no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought NetEase was. Um, <laughs> I thought NetEase was Taiwan. I don't know. I could be maybe. Wrong. I thought it was Chinese because NetEase was the Diablo guys. They are the Diablo mobile. They are, yeah. but they're also. I mean, they're known for a lot of mobile stuff. But I kind of for some reason. Well, I was if thinking, they if they're multinational, and they operate in China. Like you have to have government right. organization in there, and they have to have access to everything. So, yeah, well, that's true of American. So it doesn't matter there. where it's centered. If you agree to yeah. do business there, you are agree to an open line to the Chinese government. Yeah, if you're a if you're an American company with offices in China, you have to do that. Yeah. Every time we talk about mobile games, I feel dirty, and I think that that's all I need to know to know that it's a garbage industry that is awful. And it that I has its moments. It has its moments, and it has. There's some superstar people that have come out of it and made amazing experiences later. Like I think it's fine. It's just, it's just a giant. It's huge. It's like and a. Why do I feel dirty, Scott? Why do I feel dirty? The so, Eddie's headquarters are in Hangzhou, China. Okay, so, so. they they're. They, I'm and in Georgetown, else. Cayman Islands, you know, <laughs> yeah, the Cayman Islands, Cayman Islands, a safe place for for your money. Yeah, money. you put your money yeah. in the islands, <laughs> and know you know that. other untold things. Uh, what's this deal about YouTube Premium, Bo? What are you doing with that? Uh, well, I have a thing that I'm a big fan of now because I'm always pretty ambivalent or neutral, like and eh, Netflix, Amazon, whatever. I'm never this positively enthusi- enthused about any subscription service, but the money I've been paying to YouTube yeah. is so worth it. And they could offer everything they're giving me probably for free, but well, what are you, you know, getting out of mind. it besides no ads? What are, what are you actually gaining All from right. it? No ads. Oh my God. That, that is huge. I hate ads. I mean, I put a pin in it, but I will rant for hours about how destructive and terrible advertising is. You know, they yeah. pump the volume up to the max. You can tell on the TV when all of a sudden you're like, what's didn't I turn this down? Yeah. So, like, that's a dick move. Like, people notice that, and they're like, yep, that's what we're going to do. Um, <laughs> so, like, to not have to just have that in my head, because as soon as an ad comes up that pisses me off, I'm, like, in a funk. Yeah. So, this helps. 
immensely with my mood. Um, so great. No ads. What else does it offer me? Uh, I can download my shows, which seems like not a the biggest thing, but right now the audio on my main phone has broke. So I've had to rely on an older phone that has like a super broken screen and all this shit. And I don't have, you know, I'm not going to switch my SIM card out right now. I'll probably get a new phone pretty soon. So I can download it on this that has no wireless connection and listen to all the stuff. And here's the big one. There are a lot of boring ass things on YouTube that you will not be able to sit down and watch, but they're actually really worth listening to. And if you could find it in yourself to watch them, it would be beneficial. And what I've discovered is that, you know, all these lectures, all these 1000 views of like neuroscience that are like, have actually pretty interesting and good information that nobody really wants to watch. Cause it's not freaking PewDiePie mm-hmm. or something stupid. Well, guess what? We're, this is we're a podcast. We're audio files here. Yeah. And you know, I know that I learn best. One of the best methods for me to learn is listen and repetition and like repeating the information through conversation getting the information in my ears i can download i have like 40 lectures talks interviews people that are of interest to me that never end up on a podcast in a podcast directory Mm -hmm. and i would not be able to sit down and watch it because it's a boring ass video and that takes time so i download them go to audio only you can close that app and the audio still plays and in addition to the podcast i listen to they've they're facing some stiff competition for my playlist because I'm like, Oh shit, there's this interesting talk about how different people perceive time and what that says about you. And that might be an interesting Ted talk to listen to. I'd never watch it at home, but I, you know, I walk into work. I've been walking home from work. I got 40 minutes in 40 minutes out. I got time for my ear holes to keep busy while I'm doing my walk. And it's, it's wonderful. It's and it's wonderful to actually access that information while you're in, in a heightened brain state from exercise. Mm-hmm. So I love it. <laughs> I'm just like, I just love it. it. And I love learning. And I realize, you know, there's other things I realize as a part of this, but having a busy life with work and responsibilities and stuff like that, I don't have a ton of time to sit and be like, I just want to learn today. I just want to learn anything, whatever I'm interested in, I find it, I'm going to learn it. But I can definitely do that while I'm walking to work and walking home from work. And then that turns, you know, learning things can lead to other avenues of interest. And that continues on into this web. And then what you find is that YouTube is a giant repository of some really smart shit. (laughs) And, you know, I can spend it watching PewDiePie or watching a Let's Play. But I can also, I love learning. And um, I find I have a great capacity for it now that I've been practicing it over the couple of weeks, spending time not watching Breaking Bad or Community or playing the games I like or doing all this other shit. Mm-hmm. Just like taking, setting time aside just to, there's so much going on in the world and so much going on in the universe. And, you know, just knowing it, like knowing how the universe around you works, for example, you know, am I going to go to death and put off learning about, I don't know, uh, how states of matter change, for example, or or what this, you know, like I definitely would love to learn that stuff, but I've got to make time for it. And, you know, I'm hitting 40 and I'm not learning it to be rich or any other reason than the pleasure of learning this stuff. So, so I find it's very good marriage of like, of good learning material. That isn't a TV show that shows me graphics and has to keep me, keep my attention. You know, like on the history channel or whatever, like it's just like a lecturer who's just there. I just have information to give you. I'm going to be speaking for 60 minutes. Uh, here we go. And 
and that content is a lot easier to digest when I'm walking rather than sitting and trying to watch it on a screen and arguably even better than going to the lecture in some cases because the audio is mic decently and you can listen to it while you walk. So um, I love it. <laughs> that's my pitch. All right. I mean, that's <laughs> and a pretty good other pitch. stuff too. You get YouTube music. So I don't have to go to Spotify anywhere else. I got all the music I want, including those videos that seem questionable in terms of copyright holders but someone's kindly posted some old obscure thing so you're happy it's on there mm. um you get access to all that too so what is it a month uh, 10 bucks a month here in the states something like, like that 13 or so it's, it's on the pricier side but it includes the music subscription yeah so i don't know i heard some, somebody was saying that, oh no that's google music that might be going away but google- yeah, i think it's just going to switch to youtube music because youtube's also doing artist pages so all yeah. these disparate vivos or sh- and shit i think you're just getting so, like they're doing a item squish yeah. world of warcraft style but yeah. for artists yeah. on youtube and so they're squishing it to make it easier for you to find them and follow them and for them to market their shit yeah um so they're i think they're pulling everything out of, i'm what do they call people that are fans of youtube i think i'm becoming a you viewer no, a tuber i guess yeah. but but I'm, I'm i'm i've increased my viewership of it because there's definitely stuff you want to watch but there's a lot of material that i'm like i don't need to sitting for the fourth vlog of someone interested and see their face and the food they have on their teeth because everyone has stupid high 4k cameras now or whatever and i'm like i don't need to see them i just want to hear them so so they've they've nailed it for me i love it yeah well i'm i'm uh i don't know i'm weirdly interested i've just been using an ad blocker (laughs) did not have ads but those other benefits sound uh the ads are a side benefit. The real reason for the purchase was to be able to listen while going for a walk. That was the cinch. But all the other stuff is like, good, too. Wow. So chef's kiss it. and everything. All right. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. Well, on that note, uh, normally we do emails here, but we're not going to. Instead, I'm going to play a mashup that Jamie made for us. Oh, nice. A core mashup. It's called Visions oh, of no. Sushio. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So visions of Sushio. Here's the mashup. Hold on. I got to mark this so I know where to insert it later. Uh, I'm going to play it for you now, though. So here it is. Enjoy. I want all of it all the time. Just shower me with it. Ah. Oh, you're boning your mom. Yep. <laughs> I don't remember that. I'd make an exception for Diva. I would like to enter a mech from behind. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like the idea <laughs> that the mech is there and I just dive right in <laughs> like a sardine. Yeah, there's no way that guy's penis was plastic and that destroyed your notion back here. Like, and then that and well, then even our penises. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's I kind of bored. that penises aren't always plastic. That really throws a wrench in my plastic genitalia argument. <laughs> I don't understand anything anymore. Like I think at one point I'm not sure what that is. If it's a dildo that the girl character swings at. A guy in the great, face and great. i'm not sure if that's what it is it's glowing a lot i don't think the original item it's based on glows like that probably halo <laughs> infinite finally uh pull out its wiener and say check this out right you guys real theme with this week's show. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah you never had one of these canadian dingledorfs dingledorfs never had a dingledorf <clears throat> hey bo come here and watch me take everything out of his guts through his butthole hey there's a wall <laughs> vagina in this direction and you're like well that's great but i've already been in it you really derailed my attention with wall vagina. yeah i've now I'm thinking about his wall vagina. <laughs> I've already been in that wall vagina, you say to yourself. Your testicles are connected to your butthole. So really, yeah. your balls are your butthole. I'm playing that like for 96 <laughs> hours straight. I'm going to bathe in chocolate and shit in my bed and just play the game until it's done. Oh, God. Wait a minute. <laughs> 
Why would you do either of these things? You don't have to do either of those things. I don't know where the chocolate came from. I was going to make the poo joke, but I got chickened out, so I went with chocolate, but then I was like, why am I chickening out? So then I said the poo thing. It's like you did the chocolate bath just to confuse the later problem. It's not good. I was thinking about getting that uh, Visions of Sushio. What's his name? <laughs> Visions of Sorry, Sushio. sorry. What's his name? I can't think of his name all Ghost of a sudden. Sushima? Ghost of Tsushima. Thank Visions you. of Sushio is a way better name than Ghost of Tsushima. I can't tell if it's racist or it's not. It's not racist. I just, I just couldn't remember the gosh dang name. <laughs> I still can't tell for the record. Oh, my gosh. That was great. Jamie, those are great. You should keep making those, Jamie. Don't stop making those, is what we're saying. I guess we got to start talking about poo again. I don't think we talked too much about it this week. No. No poo. No poo for us. Uh, Well done, though, Jamie. We appreciate it. Uh, That's going to do it for the show. Now, normally we do emails here, but I was too lazy and I didn't go find one. So next week I will. And we'll talk about whatever you want to talk about there, dear listeners. If you want to send us emails, do it at the site, frogpants.com slash core. And uh, support us at patreon.com slash core. Yeah, that's right. You want to laugh some more, enjoy this, and have some bonus content and other cool stuff during the month? While supporting us on Patreon is how you get it. Patreon.com slash core show. Uh, also, Twitter, core pod, John underscore Jagger. I'm at Scott Johnson. Bo is at Bo Schwartz. I think that's going to do it. John, word of wisdom before we leave. Got anything good? Uh, no. Okay. Bo? <laughs> w- wisdom, Bo. Uh, you Bo? YouTube Premium. YouTube Premium. Catch it. Free Take time for learning. Free ad, free, free ad for YouTube. That's it, everybody. Thanks for watching us. Thanks for being here. We'll be here next time. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com. Oh, I don't know why that's playing. That was weird. Hey, <laughs> hey, <laughs> like I just did it. <laughs>